Good morning, Brown Corners Church. We will nail that timing at some point, but not today. How y'all doing? Merry Christmas. Yesterday, that's, I'm not saying it again to anyone because it's over, all right? I'm not a Scrooge from the day after Thanksgiving until Christmas Day. At any time outside of that, I get a little Scroogey, but that's okay. A uh, couple of quick announcements. Today is Pastor Herb's last day filling the pulpit for us uh, for the rest of the year. So <laughs> uh, I'll be up here next week preaching, so take with that information what you want and sleep in. No, next week we only have one service uh, at 10 o'clock again, so we're doing this for a couple weeks. And then January 9th, Pastor Jeremiah returns. Um, no pomp and circumstance nonsense. Uh, so, he'll be back January 9th. So will all of our 10 a.m. classes and evening programming. So, this week and next week, all we're doing is one service at 10 a.m. January 9th, everything else comes back. Beautiful poinsettias are going to be gone after today. So, if one of these belong to you, or however that works, take it home today. Because they're not going to be here tomorrow. I think that's it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to invite Pastor Herb up. Um, for our call to worship um, and to thank him. We're, let's do a little bit of pomp and circumstance. Pastor Herb! <laughs> All right. Wow, where did you all come from? Good to see you. Would you stand and, and we're going to start by saying uh, the Apostles' Creed this morning as our call to worship. It's been uh, modernized just a little bit, so if there are a couple of words that aren't quite the way you learned it way back when, uh, don't let it throw you too much. So our call to worship, is it up there yet? Yep, okay. Read it with me. I believe in God the Father, Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into Hades. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in a holy universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Stay standing for our songs. Joy to the earth, the 
Let us pray. Father, how can we ever thank you enough for Christmas? The sending of your Son into our world to be the Messiah, our Savior and Lord. Lord, without your goodness and graciousness and love for us, we would still be lost and wandering, wondering why we are here. And sometimes we still wonder why we are here. But we are thankful, O oh God, for your story, your word, our Bibles. Because in your story, O oh God, there were countless men and women who said yes to you when they were asked to do something. And that's an example for us too, Lord, that we would say yes to you when you ask of us. We thank you for your truth and for the light that came into the world and gave us life, a life of faith in your son and all he accomplished for us through the cross. And Lord, as we look forward to 2022, Lord, we pray that it will be a year of continued growth for us in our relationship with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that your compassionate concern for the lost would be ours, that we would continue to reach out to people, inviting them to come into a new and vital relationship with Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of life. And all the people said, amen. One quick announcement. The leaves back in that corner back there are celebrating 51 years together today. Let us hear it. <laughs> Be it known that you are definitely in one of those minor minority categories now. <laughs> Blessings on you, and may the Lord bless you in the new year. Uh, any others? Any birthdays? Any other anniversaries? Ah, you are in a class of your own. Very good. Okay. Um, the scripture I want to share with you today... Uh, not going to be new to you. I hope the message is new, but the passages will be similar. Ephesians chapter uh, 2, verses 12 through 16. Remember that at that time you were separated from Christ and excluded from citizenship in Israel, and you were foreigners to the covenants and the promises. And you were without help, hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. 
for he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier and the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two and thus making peace. And in this one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. And then turning over into Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3 verses 12 through 16. Not that I have already obtained all of this, and he's talking about, and when, when Paul writes to the Philippian church, he's, he's been in ministry for close to 50 years. I feel privileged to be in that category. And he says, not that I've already obtained that kind of perfection that he was talking about, and as far as I know, none of us have arrived at perfection yet. There is still room for improvement. But I have not already obtained all this and, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet, myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind, I press on and strain for what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. So forgetting what is behind, we press on to move forward, but we hang on to what we have learned. Hopefully, making us better people. I must confess, my friends, that I had a, uh, mixed feelings about bringing this message. It's going to be my concluding message because Pastor Jeremiah is, is, will be coming back. And that's a good thing. You need to pray for him, though. Um, and I will continue to pray for you and for Pastor as he settles into the ministry that God has assigned him here at this church. Hunter already spoiled <clears throat> one of my announcements because he told you already he was going to be here next Sunday, but I was going to add some stuff to that. Hunter will be in the driver's seat next Sunday, so you may want to fasten your seatbelts <laughs> or have an extra cup of coffee so you can keep up. <laughs> And then Pastor Jeremiah will be in the pulpit starting the ninth. And please be in prayer for him. In John's gospel, Jesus said in John 15, 5, John 15, 4 and 5, 
remain in my remain in me remain in me and i will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me yes i am the vine and you are the branches those who remain in me and i in them will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing of eternal significance stay connected to the vine my friends and bear the fruit that god has prepared you for and your fruit may be a little different from somebody else's some of you are pear trees some are apple trees some are uh, you know every true tree has its own fruit and jesus at one point said make the tree good and the fruit will be good and the reverse is also true Bear the fruit that God has prepared for you. Live in his grace and truth and love as you move into the future he has for Brown Cornish Church. Allow God, allow God to demonstrate for others to see the masterpiece he has created in you. Does that make you feel important this morning? I hope so. God is creating within you a masterpiece that he wants to show the rest of the world. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, and neither do people light a lamp and then put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven a healthy church is made up of believing men and women and boys and girls who are learning together what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and how to live as he lived. They are committed to the mission of the church as given to us by our Lord and Savior in the Great Commission of Matthew 28, 18 and following when he said to his disciples, I have been given all authority. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, <laughs> what's the therefore? Therefore, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. All the commands, there really, if you stop to think about it, there are only three. 
love God with all you've got. Love your neighbor as yourself. I don't care if you like them or not. Love them. And love each other, especially when you disagree. <laughs> and know this for certain. I am with you always. We are never, ever alone in what we want to, try, want to try to attempt for the Lord because he is with us. He resides within us through the power of his Holy Spirit. In a healthy church, believers fellowship together and encourage one another in responding to the needs of others through the different gifts and graces God has given each of you so that everyone, everyone knows that they are important to the Lord and to the mission he has given his church. Not one of you can say, I'm not needed. That's not God's plan. God's plan is that every single believer is needed to make it all work. Isn't God good? Isn't he incredible that he, he says, I need you and you and you and you and you, and you say, what? <laughs> it's like when he asked me, he didn't ask me. He told me I was going to be a pastor. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 but yeah, and he made it happen. He made it so that I could do what he wanted me to do, and I've loved it. I get nervous every Sunday, but I still love him. He gave me gifts in counseling, and for several years I was a counselor at a large church out west, and I would work from 9 in the morning until about 9 at night, and I'd come home exhausted, but because I have the, I have the gift of counseling, I was always ready to go the next morning. And that's how God works. That's how God works. God's unique design found in each one of you will lead you to serve him with joy, meaning, effectiveness, and fulfillment. Let me repeat that. Joy, meaning, effectiveness, and fulfillment. If you're not experiencing those elements in your service for Christ and his church, you may tr be trying to serve and minister in the wrong place for your gifts, passion, and temperament. God knows how he has made you. He knows how he put you together. And God is smart enough to realize we always do our best when we enjoy what we're doing. So if you're not enjoying what you're doing, you might want to look for something different. Servant leaders are in place to help believers discover their spiritual gifts their talents, and the way God has put them together as a person. And they will seek for ways to resource the people of God 
so they can be effective and joyful in the ministry that Jesus has for them that will bring him glory and that will be good for those around you. Again, God is incredible in what he wants to do. And he wants each one of us to partner with him, partner up with God. Imagine that. I mean, partnering up with God. And I used to say, God, you can probably do better on your own. And he said, yeah, you're right, but that's not my choice. I'm, I want you to learn some things. So partner up with me and let's see what we can do. It's been an incredible ride, my friends. And when everyone is doing their part as directed by the Holy Spirit and God's word, the body of Christ, his church, will grow itself in agape love, God's kind of love. The pastor's job, if you will, is found in Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Paul says it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Pastors and teachers. To do what? To prepare God's people. That's all of you <laughs> and me. Prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Verse 12 has been referred to as a pastoral mandate. Every pastor is to focus on preparing God's people for their ministry. And like Dallas Willard has said in a couple of his books, for 1,500 years we've been doing it wrong because we have allowed ministry to belong to the people up front. And there is a movement in the church today to return ministry to the people. And it is the best thing that's happened to the church in a long time, apart from a rediscovery of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in each believer's life. We need help, all of us, in knowing how to be a disciple of Jesus. Again, I like what Dallas Willard says about discipleship. When he says, a disciple is an apprentice. Some of you have been apprentices. And your, your goal as an apprentice was to be like the master teacher and be able to do what he was doing. Wow. Dallas says, a disciple is one who says, how can I live my life as Jesus would live my life if he were me? We are to demonstrate, my friends, for others to see and experience tender, compassionate concern that Jesus has 
for the well-being of everyone. And so that people can understand and begin to know and trust in God's unconditional and outrageous love. And again, the Christmas story tells us about that outrageous love. Some of you may remember that I worked for a few years for interim pastor ministries. And IPM's mission is to help churches become more effective in their ministry for Christ during a season of transition and help the congregation and leadership learn the importance of being sensitive to how they treat their new pastor. Now, I know that Jeremiah is not a new pastor to you, but I will venture to say that he has changed. I pray that he has changed. He has changed because of his sabbatical. He can't help it. That's part of God's design. And you will need to pay attention to what those changes are so you'll know how to come alongside of him and help him out and help his family. IPM has a list of ways. It's a long list. Not going to share it all. But it's ways to help you and your pastor establish a long and productive relationship for the glory of God and for accomplishing his purposes. Here's a few suggestions to consider. When problems arise, <clears throat> and they surely will, don't let your pastor go it alone. The congregation as a whole must back their pastor, and the board must also stand with their pastor. Number two, the more healthy and active the church is, the greater will be the opposition. Pray for your pastor and leadership. Keep praying, my friends. Pastors are known for being workaholics. So help him take time off for family and relaxation. Give him adequate vacation time because a tired body produces a tired mind. Encourage him to grow as a person and fund continuing education. Let him tell you when it's okay for you to call him at home. I used to try to say, please not after 9.30 at night. Now that I'm older, I've changed the time to about 8. <laughs> but number, the last one I want to share with you is be an encouragement. Be an encourager and appreciate his uniqueness because every pastor is different. There's never been or never will there be another Pastor Herb. <laughs> Thank God, right? No, okay. But we, you know what I'm talking about. But as important as these things are, and they are important, I believe there is something even more important that I want to share with you. 
God has called us and our pastor to be together in this time and place to accomplish his purposes in our world in the here and now. God has pulled us together for a purpose in this moment and in these times. And we will need to remember what God has done in the past so that we can trust him to help us live rightly today and move into the future he has for us. There will be bumps and potholes in the road, just like in Michigan. But remember that Jesus has given you a promise. I am with you always, even through the bumps and the potholes. And when the going gets rough, remember that God has put us together for a purpose. He wants his church to grow and for each of us to be the best person we can be doing what he wants done with his help and grace. Doing what he wants done with his help and grace. Do not leave off the last part. So remember and move forward with God. I believe exciting days are ahead for Brown Corners Church. If we continue to follow scripture and the leading of his Holy Spirit, who knows? We just might be able to move mountains of unbelief in Clare County and bring praise and glory to God. Wouldn't it be great for this sanctuary to be filled with both services and so full that they have to think about adding a third, praising God for what God is doing in their lives. How amazing would that be? Stay humble as you work and play together in the light of Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. But God being rich in, in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up, oh, raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable richness of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. You are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God is at work in you for his glory, for, his, for the good of others, and for your good. God is at work in you. Paul will say in another passage, work out your salvation with 
fear and trembling. It's not that, it's not that it's, we have to be afraid. It's that God, the awesome God of the universe, is working in us. And he's not going to stop. Sometimes we might want to say, Lord, no more lessons for today. But anything God seeks to do in our lives will always be good. Because God is good. Remember, we are here as believers because of what God has done for us. And God has us together in this time and moment in history for a reason. May not know exactly what that reason is yet. But he has us here for a reason. And I know that part of the reason is that there are a lot of people out there yet who need to come to faith in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Philippian church words that are worthy of our consideration. We all have a propensity to want to return to a former time in our walk with God where we experienced his blessings in a special way. There are times when I wish I could just go back and experience God the way I experienced him after I first came to Christ in the military. And we had about 23 different airmen from all walks of life and, and so on. They came from all different churches and we prayed together and there, there were some amazing things that happened. I'll give you one, one illustration. We had prayed that we could go to Birch's Garden, Germany, terrible place, <laughs> for a special retreat. We prayed. I was serving in England. You know what England is known for in the wintertime? Fog. Okay? You think you have bad fog here? Try sticking your hand out and not being able to see it. It was that thick. We had prayed to be able to go on this retreat. And our base was socked in. It had been socked in for three weeks. We made our way down to the flight line where we were going to catch a, what we call the Goonie Bird uh, and to take a flight to Burgess Garden. And the pilot came out and says, you know, I don't think we're going to be able to go, but I'm going to stand by for 10 more minutes. In that 10 minutes, we prayed. And at, and at nine minutes, the fog lifted. We took off. And the fog settled back in. God will do and does do amazing things sometimes. The problem is that you and I cannot go back in time. I can't. I can't go back to that time. Paul says two important things in Philippians 2, 12 through 16. He says, forgetting what is behind me, I press on to what is ahead for me. We cannot, my friends, live in the past, even though we may try. And hopefully, 
we're able to learn from the past. As they say of history, those who fail to learn from history are prone to repeat it. Let's not repeat the same old mistakes. God wants us to be able to live well in the present and anticipate what he has for us in the future. Don't get caught up in trying to recapture previous experiences. Focus on what God has for you today and press on in living for him and for what he has for you, not only today, but for tomorrow. Paul also says in Philippians 3.16, only let us hold true to what we have already attained. In other words, don't get caught up in past experiences. Allow those experiences to ground you in your trust of what God can do in and through you. Remember what God has done for you in the past. What, his, what he has revealed to you of his truth. And then move forward with him. Our memory of what God has done in the past. Along with what we have experienced in being blessed by him. Is meant to help move us forward. In our growth as disciples. And in our service to others and his church. So that his church may grow. Our marching orders from God are always to advance, never retreat. You look at the, you look at the uh, armor spoken of in Ephesians. If I'm wrong, you can correct me later. There is nothing in the armor for the backside. Everything is for the front including the weapons, the sword you, you use out there, not, not behind you, and prayer. Don't forget prayer. Don't go into battle without prayer. Because, you know, the weapons that we use are our faith in the word of God and prayer and our dependence upon the power and presence of his Holy Spirit with us. Our faith propels us forward because we know that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. And we can stand our ground against the evil and the evil one. And we can overcome evil. But we can over, only overcome evil by doing what is good. That's different for us too, isn't it? Because usually our response is, you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. Only harder. <laughs> no, we will overcome it with the goodness of God that is alive within us. Remember these things and move forward with God for his glory and the good of others. Amen? Amen. Would you stand for this traditional blessing? And know that this is for you. 
And for us and for the new year as we continue to move forward, back in Numbers 6, 24 through 26, God told Moses, tell Aaron, give this blessing to the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And I will add in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you and have a great week.